What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoop Heads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, including Cavaliers Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoop Heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S. E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. And the Wizards move to 6-1 and one with um, Garrison Matthews and Mo Wagner in the starting lineup. Or are they 7-1? and one? Okay, that was wrong. Uh, bad way to open up the episode, but they're 7-1 now with um, Mo Wagner and Garrison Matthews in the starting lineup. Um, and yeah, my biggest takeaway from the game is that Timberwolves team sucks. Um, just definitely not a shot at Gerson Rosas, who just got there in this offseason as the GM, or um, what's-his-face, Chris Finch, um, or Carlton Towns even, who like hasn't played that much this season, just like coming back, just obviously starting to get back in shape, get back in rhythm. Um, he was awful tonight, but... Yeah, Wizards won pretty easily, um, 128 to 112. It was actually like kind of close at halftime. Um, the Wizards were only up by two at halftime, but they scored 44 points in the third quarter. Um, and after that, like pretty early in the fourth quarter, it was basically over. Um, coming into this game, the Timberwolves were 7-26. I believe that is the worst record in the league, um, now 7-27. Um, and minus 8.3 point differential, which was 29th in the league. Um they're 27th in offense, um, which is an offense rating with an offense rating of 106.7 and 25th in defense um, with a defensive rating of 115. So pretty bad team, not just a pretty bad team, but the Wizards playing them without D'Angelo Russell, um, who hurt his knee. He got like a procedure remove. I think the term they use is remove loose bodies in his knee, something like that. And um, I forgot that they didn't have Malik Beasley, who just got suspended like a day or two ago. Um, finally, um, <laughs> Uh, the NBA were like, they were investigating his case for a while. Um, I don't remember what his charges were. I keep mixing up him and Terrence Davis's charges. I think Beasley was the one that had like, he had marijuana and gun 
charges, something like that. Um, so he's suspended for 12 games, didn't play tonight. Obviously a giant part of what the Timberwolves do offensively. Um, before I forgot that um, Malik Beasley was suspended. So I looked at before the game, um, just lineups without Russell and Towns. And the Wolves actually had a point differential of minus 0.5. And they're 116.5 um, offense rating and 117.1 defense rating. So pretty solid offense. Um, but I did not look up the lineups without, um, what's his face, <laughs> without um, Malik Beasley. So obviously not having Malik Beasley completely change the game. Um, I just want to name the names of the <laughs> of rotation players from the Timberwolves in this game um, because like it was laughably bad what they were putting out there. Like now I'll get into it in a second, but so it was obviously so Carl Anthony Towns, uh, the best player out there, and then you got Ricky Rubio, um, solid vet, and then after that you have Josh Okogi, Anthony Edwards, Jared Vanderbilt to follow your starting lineup. And then coming off the bench, the key pieces you got as your six man, um, Jalen Noel. Um, next up, you got Naz Reed, um, Jordan McLaughlin, um, Jared Culver, Jade McDaniels, and that's your rotation. <laughs> like, no offense to all. Like, I'll talk about it in a little bit, but like the Timberwolves have done an incredible job on the margins finding these guys. But you have to have actual NBA level starters to have a better team than the Timberwolves had. That was like that was by far the like I watched. Tons of NBA basketball this season. Um, I haven't watched a ton of Timberwolves um, games, to be honest, because they're so bad. Um, but that was by far the worst team I've seen put out there all season on a basketball court. Um, just looking at their numbers without Malik Beasley and D'Angelo Russell um, and with Carl Anthony Towns, um, their offense rating is 90.3, clearly in the zeroth percentile. Um, that's just god-awful. Um, defensive rating, 120.1, also god-awful in the fifth percentile. Um, point differential negative 29.9 uh, which is in the zeroth percentile easily um, so just terrible numbers without Malik Beasley and Andrew Russell that team was awful but <laughs> I, I swear to, I swear I've said this like seven times in a row the Wizards can only play um, the other team that's out there uh, so like what are they going to do if the other team that the that Minnesota puts out there sucks like it's like the Wizards I can't really fault them for beating a bad team um, or beating a team without their guys. Also, the thing that sucks, Southern Wizards play the subject tomorrow, Jalen Brown might be out. Um, I don't want to have to say that sentence again um, about the Wizards only being able to play who's out there because I love watching Jalen Brown. I think he's awesome. Um, but yeah, so I guess I'll go over some of the top-line numbers. Um, so Beal was incredible. Uh, he started off the game a little slow, uh, which is kind of surprising considering the defensive personnel that the Timberwolves team has outside of like Kogi, I guess. Um, and Jared Vanderbilt to an extent. But Beal um, ended with 34 points. Um, really, really strong game from him as, you know, a usual, per usual Bradley Beal. 12-23 um, from the field, 8 for 8 from the free throw line. So 34 points on 27 shooting possessions. Another incredibly efficient night from him. Um, Westbrook was, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, Westbrook was questionable tonight. Um, he's The last couple of games he's looked like his... Um, earlier season Westbrook rather than his um, past week before these couple games Westbrook and I don't like that very much um, but he played 32 minutes actually he was plus 16 which is good um, but that is because he was playing against a lot of those really really bad um, Timberwolves bench units uh, 19 points on 24 shooting possessions so not efficient at all from him um, 14 rebounds which is good um, 12 assists also very very good again I still think Russell Westbrook's best attribute by far is his playmaking uh, definitely not his scoring ability at this point. Definitely not his defense at this point. Um, his playmaking is still really, really good. Um, five turnovers, um, another bad turnover game for him. 
Um, other players of note, Garrison Matthews had 18 points, three or four from three, seven, seven at the line. Um, really, really strong game from him was ever on defense again. Um, does still make those kind of rotation uh, issues, which he has to clean up, um, but he's so young. Um, Davis Bertans looked really, really good. 5'11 from three, six of 13 overall from the field. 19 points plus 24 on the night, which is by far the highest out of any wizard. Um, highest by about seven, or not about seven, by seven, exactly. Um, 19 points on um 14 shooting possessions so really really efficient night um who else uh that's about it i guess um from notable uh wizards stat lines um for the timberwolves carlton towns really 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 struggled um minus six on the night 23 points um and those 23 points were scored on 24 and a half shooting possessions um anthony edwards was uh, he he looked like Anthony Edwards. I'll put it that way. Um, 21 points on 23 shooting possessions, so not very efficient from him. Um, a Kogi Vanderbilt there out there for defense. Uh, both contributed 12 and 11 respectively. Respectively, um, Nas Reed um, 17 points, eight for 12. A lot of that was in the fourth quarter though, um, when the game was mostly out of reach. Um, Jalen Noel is actually someone who I really really like. Um, he had 15 points, um, five and nine. Uh, 202 at the free throw line. So pretty good game from him, um, but was minus 15 on the night. Jared Culver played 14 minutes, was minus 20 on the night. Um, Jade McDaniels played um, 15 minutes, minus 18. Like th- those lineups just had no chance when Carl Anthony Towns on the floor. Like they just couldn't score at all. Like who's like Jordan McLaughlin, I guess, was the best, or I guess Noel, I guess, was the best shot creator. On, and then Jalen Noel or Jordan, <laughs> yeah, then Jordan McLaughlin after that. So they really, really were really just terrible without Towns on the floor. Um, and yeah, that's that was the difference in the game. Just the Timberwolves don't have good enough players. Um, I definitely want to go through this Timberwolves team. Um, just like <laughs> because the three, the, the most glaring thing that jumps out of you, first of all, from watching the game is how terrible this team was at shooting basketball. Um, just to go over like their three-point percentage, they shot 35 threes. They were 31.4%, which is not very good. Um, I didn't even go, I'll go over the overview and four factors um, after. No, I'll, I'll do that first. So Washington um, was offense rating of 116.4. Um, Timberwolves offense rating 100, which is in the 14th percentile, which is really bad. Um, and that's the difference. The Wizards got to the line more. Um, they got way more offensive rebounds. They turned the ball over less. And their effective field goal percentage was only 51.5, which isn't that good. Um, Timberwolves was just worse. So the Wizards won in all four of the four factors. And you're going to win every single game when that happens. Um, yeah, so the Timberwolves um, didn't shoot a ton of threes, neither did the Wizards, but I do want to go over um, some of their numbers because they did end up shooting 35, and most of those were like just wide open looks. Um, so just going over, is this frequency or accuracy? This is accuracy. Okay, perfect. Um, and it's, hold up, I have to zoom this out so I can see it. Um, so players um, from the Timberwolves rotation that played in this game, um, their shooting percentages are, uh, I want to sort this better. I don't want to sort it by minutes. I want to shoot sort it by minutes per game. Okay, perfect. Okay, so Carl Anthony Towns, awesome shooter, incredible shooter for Big Man, one of the best shooting centers in the history of basketball, 40% shooter from three. Um, after that, you have Anthony Edwards, 31% shooter from three. Ricky Rubio, 31% shooter from three. Shane McDaniels, 35% shooter, but on only 65 attempts a season. Uh, last season at Washington, he was not a good three-point shooter at all. Um, Naz Reed, 37% on 79 attempts, which is pretty solid. Um, he's a solid shooter. Um, Jared Culver, 27% on 30 attempts for the entire season. He's a complete non-shooter. He's also shooting like 40-something percent at the line. He couldn't shoot at all last season. 
Um, he's a non-shooter. Um, Jerry Vanderbilt is an absolute non-shooter. He's only shot two attempts this whole season. Um, Josh Okogie is a non-shooter, shot 50 attempts and only made 10, giving him 20% from the three-point line. Jordan McLaughlin is a fine, but he's more he's he's like 5'10". He shoots a uh, long set shot. Um, he's 13 and 31, which is in 42%, which is good, but he can't get that shot off um, off the dribble. Um, and then Jalen Noel, who's a, another solid shooter, uh, 20 for 52. Um, but just going over that, having multiple non-shooters on the floor at a time, all the time. Um, so the only actual shooters they have and they had in the rotation are Towns and Reed to an extent, but like he's not really going to be shooting off the dribble or anything. And then Noel. Um, but besides that, just having a bunch of non-shooters out there just kills your offense. Like I feel, I feel like I'm just going to talk about the Timberwolves this whole episode. Like we didn't really learn anything new about the Wizards, and I haven't watched that much Timberwolves basketball, so. I'm gonna have, I guess, <laughs> I don't know, this is going to turn into a lot of Timberwolves talk, um, but I feel so bad for Chris Finch, like, to come into a team, only be able to, like, I don't know how many practices he's had, I'd imagine, he's only been there for a week, so I'd imagine, like, one or two, like, two at the most, maybe three, um, but to only have, like, two or three practices with your team, and to have personnel that's this bad, um, like, what do you do with that? And you can't even put in, like, interesting plays, you can't put in interesting actions, you can't really come up with a scheme defensively or really really scheme offensively like what what the heck do you do um and uh, like it showed like this team's awful um I'm I've said that a thousand times I feel like I don't like trashing just completely completely trashing teams but the Timberwolves that that was so bad um yeah so I definitely want to talk about um I guess Towns um Towns wasn't very good but you have to cut him some slack because the surrounding talent was so bad like every single time like Towns is one of the few post players in the league that's actually like efficient posting up against centers, um, and every time he tried to post up, the Wizards would bring. Um, so the we the person, I mean, okay, so I'll put it this way. So um, they would post up Towns like a couple feet outside the block just to give him a little more space to operate because he does have a really good face up game. Um, so they post him up there, usually on the left side of the floor, on the right side dunker spot. They would have Jared Vanderbilt because he's a complete non shooter. Um, and then they'd have someone in the weak side corner. A lot of the time, Josh Okogie, which is just something that like Chris Finch should know better than that to have that guy there. Um, just have someone that can like shoot at all because Okogie, again, is 10 for 50 on the season. Um, to have someone in that uh, weak side corner. Uh, again, Finch has to know better than that. Um, but still, the Wizards were able to bring over um, whoever was guarding Vanderbilt um, over to help on Towns um, to even like prevent the catch. Um, and then they'd have whoever was guarding a Kogi in the weak side corner just come over and guard um, Jared Vanderbilt in the dunker spot. And like, what were the Timberwolves going to do? Pass into a Kogi in the corner? The Wizards were perfectly fine with that. They did that multiple times, and the Wizards just just let him. <laughs> like, they were not concerned in the slightest about Jared Vanderbilt or Josh Kogi catching the ball in the perimeter. Um, they're not concerned about Ricky Rubio catching the ball in the perimeter. They're not concerned about Jane McDaniels catching the ball. Like, they're not concerned about these guys shooting. They're not concerned about Anthony Edwards shooting. He was three for eleven. He made like all three of his or he made two threes at the end of the game. He was really, like, one for eight um, in the actual, like, like competitive basketball period of the game. Um, so you're not afraid of these guys shooting threes. Um, like, why would you be? They can't. Uh, so it's just really painful. Oh, I definitely want to look at... I forgot to look at um, their shooting in lineups without uh, D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley. So I'm definitely... I'm going to look at that um, super, super quickly. I clicked on... I wanted to click on teams and then lineups. Um, so I do have to filibuster here for a second while um, I stop being stupid because uh, I know how to navigate cleaning the glass better than this. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, it is it is really tough for Finch because, again, he's coming into a new team. Um, it was kind of a controversial shrine, signing. And a lot of times, like, I don't know how precedented um, just coming into a new team without, uh, like, being a part of the staff. Like, usually they're just going to hire, like, an assistant or the guy who's, like, really coaching the defense or the associate, like, that kind of guy. Um, and just to come into a completely new team and just be the coach, like, that's really weird. Uh, I can't remember ever seeing that in my life. Um, like, I'm pretty young, but, like, I... I haven't been particularly following basketball as closely as I am now for my whole life. But that's just like an absolutely ridiculous scenario that that happened. Um, and I finally pulled it up. Okay, so their three-point frequency with uh, Timberwolves lineups without Malik Beasley or D'Angelo Russell. Um, actually, I don't even need with Carl Anthony Towns. Okay, so I'll take that filter out, filter lineups. Um, their three-point frequency is 32%, which is in the 18th percentile. Um, and their shooting accuracy is in the fifth percentile at 31.8%. And that was, so 31.8%. Tonight they were 31.4%. So right around where you expect for them. Um, yeah, just like no hope, <laughs> no offense. Um, at the rim, their accuracy is 10 per- or in the 10th percentile at 57.7%. Tonight their rim accuracy was really, really good. They actually got there a good amount and finished really well. Um, they were 22 for 30. So they got there at a frequency of 24% of their shots were at the, or 38%, my bad, at the rim, and they finished at a, about 72%. So that was a really positive thing for them. Um, Naz Reed did a really, really good job in that, especially in that fourth quarter of just attacking Alex Len on a bunch of closeouts and getting to the rim. Um, and again, Carl Anthony Towns obviously got to the rim. He was two for four from there. I'm trying, who else, like Anthony Edwards got there a few times. He was, oh, he got there way more than a few times. He was five for five at the rim. There's one play where Anthony Edwards drove in, like shot a left-hand layup and like, um, who was Rui Hachimura was like scared to get dunked on like come on like I understand that Anthony Edwards is a really explosive athlete he's so fun to watch um, but like he's like you can't be afraid to get dunked on if that's your weak side responsibility first of all if you're afraid to get dunked on you're out of position because you're a step late but second of all you got to jump you got to contest the shot if you're a step late you can't compound your issue by being afraid to get dunked on you got to at least jump and he didn't even dunk so that's that's one of the pet peeves of mine when people are scared to get dunked on. Like, who cares if you get dunked on? Um, I mean, if you're like Yuta Watanabe, then I guess you care. But you, I mean, you got to respect Yuta Watanabe. I respect like people like Giannis and people like, I don't know, Jakimi Batumbo got dunked on all the time. Tim Duncan got dunked on a bunch. Like, some of the best rim protectors in the history of basketball got dunked on a lot because they're there trying to protect the rim. Like, Rudy Gobert has been dunked on a bunch of times. Um, it happens. Miles Turner gets dunked on. Uh, these guys all get dunked on. You got you can't be afraid to get dunked on. Um, that's my kind of spiel on being dunked on by Anthony Edwards. Um, yeah, I guess I'll go over some of the Wizards shot chart stuff. Um, they shot really well from three. They were 11 of 27 on the night, and that is mostly because of how good Bertans was and how good Matthews was. Um, Mo Wagner was also two for three from three. Um, if he can make that shot consistent, then the Wizards, that's really, really going to help the Wizards. Um, offensively, and yeah, that's about it. Beal was only two for six. Rui was over three. Um, but yeah, and two guys that shoot that well, five for 11 and three for four, uh, that's really going to help you out. Ooh, something I definitely want to look at is I think that we have a big enough or a decent enough sample at this point to look at um, the Wizards starting lineup and how they're doing um, per their lineup data. Um, obviously, lineup data is always iffy no matter what, but I do just want to look at how they're doing compared to their competition. And then obviously it includes all the shooting luck stuff. So again, every time I, I will try to say this every time I present lineup data, um, but I definitely forget most of the time. Um, just lineup data is not perfect. It's kind of iffy, but it does tell you some things, um, some general things if you use it correctly and you combine it with the film. Um, so like 
like for example, like what I just did with the um, Timberwolves, like I watched the game first and then I came up with ideas and then I checked the lineup data to see if my ideas on the film matched their lineup data. Um, so I guess like that's a better way to use lineup data than using lineup data first and then looking at the lineups. Um, so Wizards lineups of the starting lineup that they've had out there the past bunch of games of Beal, Matthews, Wagner, Westbrook, and Rui Hachimura um, are a point differential of minus 0.9. Um, their offensive rating is 113, 57th percentile, and their defensive rating is 113.9, 37th percentile. Um, so that tells me that like they're not winning these games because of just purely because of that uh, starting lineup. But I really, really like the theory behind that starting lineup. I like that Scott Brooks is sticking to it. Um, but that's <laughs> that's not the sole reason they're winning. I don't want to hear that. Um, and I guess that's kind of proven by the data. Um, but yeah, everyone everyone has stepped up for the Wizards, especially like how Neto has been incredible over this last stretch. He had, he had a left knee contusion, left the game with that. I hope he's better um, because he's he's so needed on this team. Like he's so good for them. Um, Troy Brown Jr., Isak Bonga got some minutes. I want to see them get more minutes. Oh, I have to talk about Juancho Hernan Gomez got signed. I think he's like three for 21. I think that's what they signed him for, something like that. And he didn't even play in this game where they didn't even play like anyone. Um yeah, I guess the last thing I want to touch on for the Timberwolves is um, if Chris Finch and David Vanterpool, like Vanterpool is like so good at coaching defense. Chris Finch is so good at coaching offense. If those two guys had like an actual like, and then Gerson Rosas, we'll see what he does with the team. But he, he's he's trapped in that like D'Angelo Russell contract. I feel bad for him because I, I hate D'Angelo Russell in terms of building a team. Like how do you build a team that's good with D'Angelo Russell? That's better than that stupid six seed Nets team was because that team had... I mean, they made the playoffs, so they had no chance of competing. So, like, how do you build a really, really competitive team with D'Angelo Russell on your team? I think it's really, really hard to do it. Um, we'll see what Rosas does. Um, but just having Finch and Vanterpool on your staff, I think that's an that's that's really, really incredible. Um, so we'll see we'll see what Rosas is able to give them, um, and we'll see if they get a top three pick this year. Like, if they they their pick is top three protected, if, um, if they can get one of those top five guys, which is Cade Cunningham was insane today. Um, like. Cade Cunningham on this team would be really cool. Like, Cade Cunningham, a point guard, Anthony Edwards on the wing, and Towns. Like, Cade Cunningham, currently Towns, picking pops. That That's with, like, oh, man. Okay, that would be super fun. Like, imagine the, like, fast break with Cade Cunningham pushing the ball and, like, Anthony Edwards running down the... Okay, I'm getting too carried away here. Um, yeah, so I'm definitely... I'm just going to go through my notes, and then we're going to get out of here. That wasn't a very exciting game. Um, should not be a super long podcast, and we're only 20 minutes in. Okay, cool. Um, so... One of the first plays of the game was cool because, like, the Wizards love running pistol action, um, but Bradley Beal is getting better and better and better um, as the Wizards run more and more stuff for him, just handling the ball out of screens as a scorer. Um, still needs to improve as a passer, just finding weak side, um, like making those secondary reads to the corners. But um, he was patient, and Gortat, or <laughs> not Gortat, Wagner set a really, really, really good Gortat screen um, on Carly Towns. Uh, Beal got a wide open layup, and that was one of the first plays of the game. Oh, early in the game, the Wizards could not get a defensive rebound. That was crazy. Um, I talked about Finch already um, and how bad. Oh, Bretons had a putback dunk-ish thing um, where he, like, missed a three. He ran after it, and he kind of had a two-hand tip dunk, kind of. But that, I think that was his first dunk of the season, if I'm not mistaken, and it was a cool-looking play. I had to talk about it. Um, oh, I want to talk about, so the Wolves have done an insanely good job of finding, like, fringe NBA players on the margins. Like, none of these guys are, like, starter-level guys. Like, these are all fringe rotation guys. But to get fringe rotation guys with second-round picks and with, like, not like undrafted players, that's an incredible job. So I just had to go through them. Jared Vanderbilt um, out of Kentucky, I 
don't know if he was drafted. Um, he might have been a second-round guy. Josh Okogie was a second-round guy out of Georgia Tech. Um, yeah, Edwards, obviously, the first pick. Towns, first pick. Rubio, free agent. Hernan Gomez, not very good. Um, Jaden McDaniels, like the 26th pick in the draft, I think, this year out of Washington. Jared Culver, sixth pick in the draft. Uh, traded up to get him. Not not a good look, um, but I'm talking about on the, on the margins moves here. Naz Reed out of LSU, undrafted player. Jordan McLaughlin, I have no clue where Jordan McLaughlin went to school. I actually want to see it. Um, he went to USC. Okay, yeah, and this is experience first season. That's not right. Um, second season, ESPN. But um, Jordan McLaughlin, uh, undrafted player. Jalen Noel, second round pick. I don't know where did he go. Um, but anyways, Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I remember that. So, just an incredible job of finding guys on the margins that can like play in the NBA. Like, not many teams can do that. If you look at the Wizards guys, like how many how many Wizards guys do they have their second round pick or undrafted guys that they they got themselves that are really playing? Like just Garrison Matthews, and that's it. Uh, like Mo Wagner, Isak Bonga, those are like Lakers guys. So, you know, that's an incredible job. Like the only team that I can think of that's like really done a better job is. Like maybe like the Heat and the Raptors because the Raptors have like Boucher, Van Vliet, having those guys that are that caliber. That's like next caliber from the Timberwolves guys. But um, and then the Heat with obviously Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn. I must have oh the uh, Raptors also got Terrence Davis. Um, I guess that's it. That can't be right though. Boucher, Van Vliet. Oh, OG and Obi was an incredible pick, but he was like closer to the lottery. He might have been late lottery. Um, and then also, also the Heat had Bam, obviously. Um, so those two teams are only two teams that I can say like have done a better job on the margins over the past few years and the Timberwolves, but that's still an incredible feat. If they could do better job with their top line guys, like they're like not signing Juancho Hernan Gomez, um, Jared Culver with that six pick was a mistake. If they got someone like a Kobe white, um, you know, along those lines, that would have been much better. Um, and I think Kobe white was the next pick. Uh, so like those top moves are the ones that are killing them right now. Um, also, Ricky Rubio, um, not the greatest use of assets there. But, uh, you know, if, if they could figure out those number, those top guys, then they, they could have a really nice roster. Um, so then, oh, yeah, so the Timberwolves with Jared Vanderbilt were not guarding Rui on the perimeter at all. Um, and Vanderbilt was kind of playing free safety. He was disrupting a lot of pick and roll. Um, eventually, the Wizards stopped going to um, Rui in the weak side corner to like make Vanderbilt's life a little bit harder. Um, but that was a pretty good... Um, I assume that was made by Vanderpool. That was a good adjustment. Um, the Wizards ran a cool loop action. Um, Beal got a wide open layup. They ran it again. Um, and the Wolves did a better job of stopping it the second time. Um, but I really like when coaches just like run the same play twice in a row if it works out really, really well. And that is something that Scott Brooks definitely does. Um... I just ran tons and tons and tons of ball screens. Like, Carlton Towns at the level of the screen can't do anything to stop. Like, Towns is not good defensively. He cannot do any. Like, it's hard for him to play defense at the level of the screen, especially with, like, Bradley Beal has gotten so good playing against bigs that have slower feet uh, laterally. Um, he's gotten really, really good at snaking screens. He's gotten really good at getting to the basket, being patient, all that kind of stuff, adding little wrinkles and nuances into his pick-and-roll game. Um, he's done a great job uh, just over the course of the season improving. Um yeah, I didn't, all these notes are about Towns and how bad his, his help is. Um, yeah, that's about it. Um, I guess I'll talk about late in the game. Finch started experiencing, like, experiencing with some stuff. Um, they ran just like a ton of horns uh, late in the game, and that was actually kind of successful with Towns. Like, 
running like a, a ver- variety of like elbow touches for him or like he gets a ball and they set a screen or he sets a screen and picks and like he sets a screen and then pops or he sets a screen and roll like that kind of stuff like just using him in, in a variety of different ways was interesting when they were doing it out of horns they did like five possessions six possessions in a row and then a, a bunch over a longer span um but yeah that's that's all i got the wizards play the celtics tomorrow it'll be an interesting matchup um the celtics won't have marcus smart obviously um we don't know about jalen brown yet um, I hate that they don't have Marcus Mark because he's so much of what they do. Um, so they've been struggling. We'll see how the Wizards do. Um, yeah, so definitely watch that tomorrow at 7 o'clock. I have an episode coming out that night or the next day. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. I'll see you next time.